Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. We kicked off this year uh, with with our Word of the Lord, and we we unpacked that last week. I'm not going to go all back into it, but for those of you that missed it, the Word of the Lord for our church for 2023 is foundations. And when the Lord spoke this to me, it was on November 15th, and I was having just my daily encounter time with God, and and He, out of the blue, just dropped this in my spirit that 2023 was going to be a year of foundations for our church. And the cool thing is, when it comes to prophetic words, when God gives a prophetic word to a house, that's not just a word for this house or my house, but if you call this place home, that's a word for your house. And so this word, foundations, I'm asking all of us to lean in and say, Lord, what are the foundations that you want to build in my life? What are some things that maybe are a little bit off kilter? Uh, my wife and I, uh, we, we were looking for homes one point uh, when we were living out in Texas, and there was this cute area called Grapevine, Texas, and there's all these old, just kind of like classic, like homes that were built in the early 1900s. And they're, they're, they're beautiful, but one of the challenges that they have is it's like anytime you buy one, you better buckle up, buddy, because you're probably going to have to prop that sucker up and redo the entire foundation because the land had settled a lot over the last, what, 80 to 100 years that some of those were built. And so all throughout the city of Grapevine, no matter what street you drive down, especially in the historic region, it seems like there's all these houses propped up anytime that a house gets purchased because they got to prop it up and relay the foundation. My question is, is there anything in your life <laughs> that the Lord in his loving kindness is bringing to the surface? He's bringing it up and he's bringing it up because he just wants to relay a, a nice, smooth foundation in that area. Could be a new foundation and Forgiveness could be a new foundation in how you steward your finances, could be a new foundation in a reminder of your purity, uh, that it could be a new foundation in relationships and forgiveness. What is it? What is it that the Lord wants to lay in your life and in our life? In one of the areas, there's, there's uh, uh, a few things that speak to us, but uh, w- one of the scriptures that the Lord dropped in my spirit after he gave us that word was in Luke chapter 6. And if you have your Bibles, you can go with me there. We're going to be going through a bunch of scriptures today. Um, but the first one we're going to look at is, is just kind of like the, the core scripture for this, this year for us in Luke chapter 6, 46 through 48. It says this, Why do you call me Lord, Lord? And not do the things which I say. Can we just all agree we don't want to get to the end of 2023 and have that be the conversation in our prayer time with God? (laughs) Where God says, hey, why do you call me Lord, but yet you're not actually doing anything that I'm asking you to do. You're not actually living your life in accordance with the scriptures. That's not what we want, right? We want to we want to come into the end of 2023 and he says, "Man, you call me Lord, Lord, and you did everything that I asked you to do." So Jesus is saying, "Why do why do you call me Lord and not do what I say?" Verse 47, "For whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and actually does them, I'm going to show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation, everybody say foundation, laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and it could not shake it. Why? For that house was founded on the rock. 
So the word of the Lord for the year is foundations. The core scripture that God's given us around that is right from the words of Jesus out of Luke chapter 6, the Sermon on the Plains. And so he shares this with us. And the word of God is timely and it's timeless. Even though those words were written over 2,000 years ago, spoken by Jesus, they apply to us 2,000 years later today. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things what I say? Let's make a decision today, this Sunday, January 15th, we're going to do what the Lord tells us to do. Amen? Amen. So the three objectives that I felt like God is telling us to lean into in a church, the three core areas that most of the the, the teachings, the preachings, the groups that we have are going to be centered around these three core areas, the three pillars, if you will, of the year. And that is, the first one is that everyone would have a thriving prayer life, okay? Have a thriving prayer life. Not just the fact that, hey, I, I pray to God alone a lot, which is awesome. Jesus said, when you pray, don't pray in the streets like the hypocrites do, trying to be seen by everybody. No, he said, when you pray, go get in your prayer closet. Meaning like, pull back, just have time with me. That you would do that, yes, but that you would also feel comfortable and confident leading out in prayer. I love hearing the stories of people where they were able to pray with somebody on their job uh, after work one day or stopping on the side of the road and, and seeing people that were that were banding together and wanted to go over there and pray with them. And, and like my wife had shared about praying for people that God's brought her. I, I love stories like that. And our heartbeat is that those aren't just stories you hear, but those would be stories you live. That That, that would be a testimony. Man, I'm telling you what, if you've never experienced that, if you've never kind of kind of taken a step out of your comfort zone, taken a step out of the boat and offered to pray for somebody in public, it is one of the most exhilarating and thrilling things that you can do. It really is. And there's something where when you do it, you just feel like, yes, like you're like touchdown, you know, like like awesome, you know, like you're you know, like it just it infuses you, your faith rises and suddenly the gospel isn't just something you heard on Sunday, it's something you lived on Monday. And so the heartbeat is that everyone would have a thriving prayer life. And so last year, if you recall, we went through, we went through a, a whole teaching, a whole series on prayer, and we gave everybody these daily prayer cards that go through the outline of the Lord's Prayer. And if you don't have one, I encourage you to pick one up. We have them at the Connect table after service for you. And, um, and we're running out, I think, already, so we'll print more for next week if you need extras. I like to keep one in my car and one in my Bible and one in my office and one next to my bed. I'm just that guy. And so if you want to take extras, by all means, feel free to take extras. But the hope is that, that this is, is a good uh, roadmap into the God's presence. Don't become religious in just reading this, following this, doing this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Is, right? Okay, I, I used to have to say like 10 to 20 of those every Friday when I would go and confess my sins to the priest at my Catholic school growing up. Okay? The, the goal isn't that it's just something you recite, but it's, it's, it's a roadmap into the presence of God. Amen? And the second area that we're going to focus on this year is that you would have an understanding of doctrine and theology, a sound understanding. Some of the things that I hear and see from Christians today, like blows my mind. And, and, and they say, well, I'm a Christian, but I believe in this. Or I'm a Christian, but this is how I'm living my life. And it's like, well, then you're not a Christian. I, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I don't, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but... At some point, you gotta call the kettle black. Like, that's, that's not, that's not a Christian. If you're claiming to be a Christian, 
you just haven't had the revelation of what being a Christian means. That it's not a prayer that I prayed on a Sunday. Like, like I, I didn't just like go in a dunk tank when I got water baptized. No, no, no. If I'm claiming to be a Christian, that means that Jesus is the Lord of my life. That means what I think really doesn't matter. All that matters is what God says. Like his word trumps any of Jeff's feelings. No matter how valid my feelings may be in my own mind, it trumps it. No matter how much someone's sexual desires or persuasion might be, the word of God trumps it. The word of God is holy and it's not there to hurt you. It's there to help you. He wants to give you life and life to its full abundance. And because he loves you so much, he's going to bring the word up in different areas of your life and challenge you in areas because he wants your life to matter. He wants you to feel fulfilled. He wants you to get to the end of your days and be like running into the presence of, of God in heaven and be like, I did it. Everything you asked me to do, Lord, I did it. And he's like, yes, you did. Like, that's what we all want. We want that picture. Well, that picture, that life that is fulfilled, that's strong and in, in has a strong foundation is one that has good sound doctrine. So our goal is that you would understand sound doctrine. So when somebody says, why do you believe what you believe? You'd have an answer for that. When somebody says, why are you water baptized? You'd be able to share the doctrine of water baptism. When somebody says, why do you pray in that prayer language? You'd be able to share with them through the scriptures what the Bible says about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And that wasn't just for then, that's for now. You, when somebody says, okay, so you believe in God, but Jesus is the son of God, but, but he calls you sons of God too. So what does that mean? Well, we're going to answer a lot of those questions and more through the course of this year and unpack that so that you can have a solid foundation in your life. And, and, and really, the goal is that we're building unshakable faith. Amen? So you're going to have an understanding of sound doctrine and theology. And then the third area, you're going to be activated in ministry. You're going to be activated in ministry. No more sitting on the bench. Uh, if you were looking for a church that you could just kind of attend and coast through the year in, there's plenty of them in Orange County, but this may not be one for you for this year. <laughs> we're, you're going to be challenged. We're going to ask you to step out in faith. We're going to ask you to step up in serving. We're going to ask you to activate your faith in the marketplace. Activate your faith. And, and, and my daughter, I was talking uh, to my kids this week. Uh, they, they, they have a class at school. And um, it, it's like a, a biblical, for, for all intents and purposes, like a biblical study class, but it's really about kingdom culture and bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth everywhere we go. And so after school the other day, a bunch of them said, well, hey, we're, we're going to go down to the outlet mall. And so uh, one of the, the teachers, she said, I'll take everybody. And she even took our kids home for us. And uh, so she took them down to the outlet malls and, and they were walking around and they would pair up in twos. And so my daughter Brighton pairs up with this other girl and, and they would pray and they would just say, Lord, okay, lead us. Where do you want us to go? Who do you want us to pray for? And they're looking for people to pray for. They're trying to get an image in mind. Do I see anybody? Do I see anything that stands out? No, yes, okay, and then they would just do their best to kind of follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so as they're walking around, and they're just praying, looking for a divine appointment, they happen to walk by, there was a, two guys sitting down at a table, and as they walked by, they hear one of the guys say, yeah, and, and, and I was so devastated that, that that's when she committed suicide, as they're walking by. And their ears kind of perk up, and they go, ooh, I feel like we should go talk to them. And then the nervous flutters happen, right? You know, like, oh man, how am I going to bring this up? That seems sensitive. And so they, they wait, and then the guy gets up and goes into the store, 
And so they follow him into the store and they're going to, they're waiting to talk to him. And then he leaves the store and goes back to where he's sitting down. So now they feel like they're stalking this poor guy. And so Brighton and her friend, they're, they're, they're following this guy. And, and so the guy sits down and it, and it, they, they come to find out he's sitting there talking to a therapist who's walking him through grief counseling for somebody close to him that committed suicide. And so my daughter and her friend walk up and uh, they said, hey, you know, we're, we're doing this thing with our, our group and, and we're going around and praying for people today. And just walking by, kind of heard what you said is, could we just pray for you? And the guy says, yes. And so they prayed for him. And as they're walking away, the guy tells his therapist, I really needed that. <laughs> you know, you just never know. So the third area, we want everybody to be activated in ministry. So we launched into 21 days of prayer and fasting uh, last week on January the 9th. And like my wife said in the, in the announcements this morning, uh, if for any reason you didn't join, good news, you can still join, okay? It's not like it's a private club and you missed the entrance. No, 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 you can't fast until next year. You know, see you then. No, you can jump right in. And even if you fell off the wagon, man, I've had fasts like that. Jump back on, okay? Tomorrow's a brand new day. Go ahead and clean out the cupboards of all the stuff that you don't want to eat or whatever it is, whatever your fast is going to be. Clean out the cupboards, get it and get on it tomorrow and begin with us. And I, and the goal is that it's not just like 21 days of fasting and then you check the box for the year. Did it? Our church, we do 21 days of prayer and fasting every January. No, no, no. It's, it's not that. The goal is, yes, we are doing this as a corporate fast as authentic church. Yes, 100%. But the goal in laying a foundation in our lives is that fasting becomes a spiritual discipline that you incorporate all throughout your year not just at the beginning of the year. For me, in, 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 in my walk with God, years ago, I just really felt impressed by the Lord. I was working in business. Fawn and I are associate pastors at a church. Um, and so we're, we're working in business. And, and man, I, I was in over my head a lot of times in some of the, the conversations I was brought into, and I'm just needing guidance and wisdom from the Lord. So I just thought, I should probably fast. And so I started this lifestyle of, in this habit of fasting every Monday. I would fast and I would get up early every Monday morning and I would go and walk the beach and I would pray and worship and, and I would take that day and fast and just dedicate it to the Lord. And I can't even tell you all the miracles and breakthroughs and blessings that happened. But greater than some of the external stuff was the internal things that God was doing in my life, in my heart, the closeness, that intimacy. I don't always enjoy fasting, but man, I am obsessed with the results of fasting. And so we launched into 21 days of prayer, prayer and fasting. And so I'd invite you to join us. And today I'm, I'm going to continue uh, what we started last week. We, we kind of laid a little bit of a foundation on fasting to kick the fast off. But today I want to I go further. I want to go a little bit deeper into why we fast. Because I find a lot of people would say, I think that's a good thing to do, but I couldn't really tell you why. And I really don't know where in scriptures it talks about it. And I kind of don't know how. So what do I do? So today we're going to break that down a little bit. and We're going to lay a foundation of fasting in our lives. So if you're taking notes, the title of my message today is Seven Objectives of Fasting. Seven object, Objectives of Fasting. So I'm going to give you seven objectives. Before we dive into that, I, I kind of want to answer a few different questions. So what is fasting? Put simply, fasting is the, the, the voluntary abstinence of food for spiritual pursuits. And I know a lot of you might be fasting Instagram and social media and in the news and whatever. And I think that's great. Okay. 
it's, it's like the more you can get rid of that stuff, you, you weren't designed, your mind was not designed to be a dump truck and all that's out there is a lot of garbage. Okay. So taking a break from that is a good thing. But biblically speaking, going to the Bible, there is a connection with your stomach and the spirit somehow that is a mystery. But when the Lord talks about fasting, he didn't tell him abstain from chariot races. Okay. He didn't tell him, I want you to take a break from uh, rolling dice and casting lots. No, he, he said, I want you to abstain from food. And so that when it comes to, to fasting, fasting is food. And there's different types of fast. There's different foods you can fast. There's different ways you can fast. So we're going to dive into. So well, the other question is, who is fasting for? I don't know about you, but early on when I started walking with God and, and going to church for the first time, growing up Catholic, the only time we fasted was for Lent. And it was like you just couldn't eat meat. And I didn't like fish. But chicken was kind of like a gray area, for the, at least in our house. So we would kind of have chicken nuggets like all the time during Lent, right? That, like that was the free pass, you know, in our fast. <laughs> and so really healthy chicken nuggets, you know, which McDonald's says are made with real chicken now. I don't know what they were made with previously, but now they're made with real chicken. Anyways, so I didn't know what fasting was. And, and, I, and when I got saved and started going to a church, when people talked about fasting, I just thought fasting was like that was for the pastor. Like, bro, you, you go away and fast and get really spiritual so you can teach me because I'm a new believer, right? And, and, then, and then as I grew a little bit, it's like, oh, wow, like, everybody fasts. Like everybody can fast and everybody should fast. Not in a hit somebody over the head sort of way, but there is an aspect where Jesus is saying, no, 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 you're going to fast. And let me unpack a few of those for you. Uh, Matthew 6, 16, Jesus said, moreover, when you fast, right? So he's he, that, that right there. When he says, when you fast, there's an assumption that you're doing what? Fasting, <laughs> right? It's not like if you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with sad can't. No, he said, hey guys, when you fast, I, I, I want you to do it as unto me. I don't want you to do it for show. When you fast. So he's telling them when they fast. Another scripture, Matthew 9, 15. And when John the Baptist's followers went to Jesus and they asked him why they fasted. So John the Baptist's followers, they're all like, hey, we're fasting all the time. And the disciples of Jesus, like they never fast. Why, why is that? So they go and they ask him a question. And so the rabbi comes back to him and, and he says, the, the, w- the wedding guests cannot mourn as long as the bridegroom is with, with them, can they? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away and then they will fast. They will fast. So we're all called to fast. And, it's, it, and, and I, I don't want you to do that out of like, you have to do it. Like God's not commanding you fast, right? He's inviting you to fast. Right, so it's it's not something like this this religious duty, this chore. I got I got to do this. Oh man, I know the 21 days of prayer and fasting is coming up at the beginning of the year. Pastor Jeff's going to ask us all to fast, and I don't feel like fasting. No, no, God is inviting you. He's inviting you to fast. So let me give you the seven types of biblical fasts. If you're taking notes, seven types of biblical fasts. These are fasts that we see in the Bible. Types, lengths, purposes, etc. So the first one is a one-day fast. That's out of Judges 20, verse 26. This is the first time we see this in scriptures. And this was a sunrise to sunset. And during this fast, they were seeking direction from the Lord. Like, what do we do? Where do we go? We need to hear you. We, we feel a little lost here in this season. We need to hear you. The second fast is, is a three-day fast. And you see this the first in Esther 4, uh, 16, 
where Esther's fasting for wisdom, discernment, protection, and guidance, and she doesn't have any food or drink for three days. Which, by the way, if you do that, your breath is going to stink. So please, just be cognizant if you're standing next to us. If you're on a three-day fast, guard your breath, or just let us know. (laughs) And so far, uh, the three-day fast that that we see, uh, Paul also fasted. When 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 Paul gets struck with blindness and then he's led into, into the area of Damascus, he actually did not eat or drink for three days. That was the last real fast that you see that's like a three-day, no water, no food type of a fast. Um, the third one is a seven-day fast. The seven-day fast we see in 1 Samuel 31, 13. This is when uh, Saul, uh, he falls on his sword, takes his own life, and then the nation, they begin to fast for wisdom, seeking comfort from grief, and then also guidance. Then the fourth one is a 10-day fast. This is Daniel. This is the first part of, there's, there's two different fasts that we'll see in Daniel's life. There's a 10-day fast of vegetables and water only, and Daniel was fasting for favor, uh, for strength, wisdom, and discernment. And then the fifth type of fast is a 14-day fast. 14-day fast, uh, we see in Acts 27, 33 through 34. And Paul and uh, the men, they're, they're on this ship and they fasted for food and protection and wisdom. Excuse me. And then we see a 21-day fast in Daniel. Uh, now, one thing I want to note about the 21 days, or really any fasting, is when you see 21 days, it's, it's not like we don't see recorded in scriptures that Daniel said, I am going to fast 21 days. You don't really see that. He fasted until the breakthrough came. So there's times where you may feel throughout the year, like, hey, I'm going to launch into a seven-day fast or a 21-day fast or what have you. And if you feel like you have the breakthrough and you feel you're good to end your fast, by all means, do it, unless the Holy Spirit's telling you otherwise. But these people, they fasted until they got the breakthrough. They fasted. Esther fasted three days until she saw the breakthrough. You follow me? So the 21-day fast, Daniel fasted and it was for a time of distress and mourning. He had no meat, no wine, no rich or pleasant food, no oils, fruits, vegetables, nuts, and water instead. Um, this is obviously a really popular fast uh, for people uh, because it's a little bit of a, an easier fast, especially for those that do manual labor or work a job, or etc. There's certain things where you can't fully detract, right? And so there's a 21-day fast, and then we have the 40-day fast. And there, I can only find three different 40-day fasts in the Bible, and each person was divinely appointed and touched by God for this type of fast. The three people that we see were Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. There's a bunch of the scriptures. I'm not going to read them. If you want to take a picture of it or what have you, you can do that. But, but, um, but I would, and I know that there's some people that are here today that are on a 40-day fast, and I, I think that's awesome. And if God has led you in doing that, um, he's going to lead you in wisdom through it. And, and I just want to encourage you that there is breakthrough coming through your fast. Whether you're on a one-day, three-day, 10-day, 14-day, 21-day, 7-day, whatever. God, if he's leading you in that, then you should be expectant that there is breakthrough coming in your life. So what happens when we fast? I want to give you now seven objectives of fasting. And my, my hope is that as we go through this today, you're going to get armed with the Word of God. You're going to get some fresh tools in your spiritual tool belt that will hopefully give you confidence when you are fasting, strength in the middle of your fast, and encouragement if you're not fasting. Or if fasting's maybe not a, a discipline that you've cultivated in your Christian walk. 
hopefully as we go through this and I unpack this for you, you're going to be like, man, I can't wait to fast, right? And by the way, when you fast, you're not twisting God's, God's arm, okay? That's not what fasting is. Fasting isn't like, I'm going to do this and I'm, I'm, I'm going to fast and hopefully twist your arm. No, fasting, you actually become more aware of the things of God and so your will becomes formed into his perfect will. That's, that's, that's what happens in fasting. All right, so what happens? Let me give you seven objectives of fasting. If you're, if you're not taking notes, I would write this down and take notes anyway. Okay, seven objectives of fasting. Number one is that there is a release of power when we fast. Why do we know this? Matthew 17, 21. Jesus said, his disciples come, are, are frustrated. People came and they needed healing. They, need, they needed deliverance. And his disciples couldn't cast it out. The disciples could, couldn't like operate in that area of faith. And so they're like, what, what happened? So Jesus says, well, this kind only goes out by prayer and fasting. Some translations say by much prayer and fasting, right? This kind doesn't come out by prayer and fasting. And by the way, in some of your Bibles, you'll notice that that's, that looks like it was like a, a, a later translation. That is actually the correct translation that they further unearthed as they did studies on this that came out in later, later texts. So this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting, that somehow there's a release of God's power and, and breakthrough and deliverance that comes through that prayer and fasting. If you want breakthrough in an area of your life, fast, okay? Number two, another objective is that there is a release of direction. There is a release of direction in your life. Then I proclaim a fast there before our God to seek of him a right way for us and our little ones. This is Ezra 8.21. So Ezra and the children of Israel, they needed direction, and so they declare a fast. And in the fast, they're praying for direction. Like you may be like, Lord, do you want me to take this job? Fast. Lord, do you, do you want me to go to this school? Fast. Lord, I feel like I should quit my job. Fast. <laughs> Lord, do you want me to marry this person? Fast. The most important decision you're ever going to make in your life outside of Jesus is the person you're going to marry. All right? Fast. Fast. Direction. And, and, and sometimes the Lord leads in green lights. And sometimes he leads in red lights, right? Sometimes you don't sense a red light. You kind of feel, well, if you're going to walk into something and you're truly walking by faith, if you're walking by faith, you're not going to have it all mapped out in front of you. I wish the Lord just gave me the manual of what the rest of my life is going to look like, but he doesn't. When I was dating Fawn, uh, I, she was like dream girl. Everything I ever wanted and more, beyond who I was, better than I ever deserved. And there was a time when we're dating and we were actually engaged to be married. And suddenly I was like hit with second thoughts, which I know you're like, you're crazy. I know. But I was hit by fear in that moment. And so I, I fasted and I prayed. And I also got wise counsel. <laughs> and a buddy of mine said, Jeff, it doesn't get any better for you than this. Okay, like Fawn is incredible. You guys are a match made in heaven. Yes, like, okay, okay. He goes, dude, you're just nervous. All right, it's all right. Yeah. Fast, release the direction. Third area, third objective of fasting. A release of repentance. A release of repentance. Daniel 9, 5. We have sinned. We've been evil. We have done wrong. We have rejected what you commanded us to do and have turned away 
from what you showed us was right. There's a level of repentance that comes, this sensitivity to the Holy Spirit when we fast, where you become sensitive to sin. And you're like, ooh. And, and you begin to repent for things. And the Lord in His kindness brings up things in your heart. Maybe unforgiveness. Maybe a, a, an, another sin that seems to like trip you up. And as you fast, man, that comes up. And suddenly you're not dull to that sin anymore. You're sensitive. And you're like, I don't want anything to do with that. And then there's this beautiful gift of repentance. Repentance is a gift from God that you can repent, you can turn. And so you begin to repent. And as you confess those things, as you turn away from those things, and the Holy Spirit in His faithfulness will give you strategies, if you ask Him, on how to get fully free of whatever that thing is. Or whoever that person is, right? Sometimes you need to you need to repent and turn away from people. There's some people and friends and situations relate. You got to turn away from some of that stuff. I can't go there. I can't be with that person. You might have to delete some numbers from your your contacts in your phone to fully repent. And you turn away from that. And as you repent, the kindness of God, the goodness of God, the pleasure of God just comes and fills your life. Fourth area, release from bondage. Release from bondage. Isaiah 58, verse 6. Is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? There's there's an overwhelming number of people that need to be set free in our world. (laughs) Just, Just take a walk down Newport Boulevard or 17th Street, right? There is a, there's a lot of people that need to be set free. There's a, not, a lot of people that need to be delivered. It releases you of bondage, breaks the chains of that stuff. Number five, there's a release of healing. Isaiah 58, verse 8, then your light shall break forth. This is talking, this is a whole passage on fasting. Verse 8, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. So when you, when you study Isaiah 58, 58, you find all these promises that are connected with unselfish fasting. And one of those promises is health and healing that comes. And when Jesus is asked to heal people, he often just took authority over that spirit of infirmity. And and, and so this means that with a greater release of power in the church, that more healing will take place. And I'm not saying that all physical infirmity is, is an attack of the devil, but the root of infirmity, it comes through sin. That the sin of Adam was the root that brought in sickness and disease into the world. Okay? So there's a release of healing that comes when we fast. Number six, there's a release of ministry. Acts 13 verse 2, as they ministered to the Lord and what? Fasted, the Holy Spirit said. So the church had a they had a discipline and activity where the church would get together and they would pray and fast and then they'd get together and they'd have their prayer meeting. And in the middle of them having this prayer meeting and they're fasting all together and they're praying and they're being built up in their faith, what happens? The Holy Spirit speaks and the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. A church that gives itself to this intense pursuit of God as a lifestyle we'll start seeing ministry popping up everywhere. It's not for the church or a church leader or pastor to go, you're going to be a minister. It's really the work of the Holy Spirit and that the pastors, the leaders, the elders, they recognize that 
and then they put people in place. Paul said to Timothy, Timothy, I want you to appoint faithful and able men. How is he going to do that? By fasting and prayer. He had it modeled for him. So as a church, when we're a fasting and praying church, we're going to see evangelists popping up. We're going to see prophets popping up. We'll see teachers begin to pop up. We're going to see people begin to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit in their life because we're tapping into the spirit, more spiritual things of God. We're disconnecting from the world. That's what fasting is. I'm disconnecting from the world, and I'm reconnecting with God through prayer. So you want a couple prayer and fasting. And then the seventh objective in our fasting, the seventh objective is a release of a spiritual awakening. A release of a spiritual awakening. And I'm going to have Hannah uh, join me up front on the keys, if you will. There's a release of a spiritual awakening. It's a, it's a Joel, Joel 2.28. It's what I'm believing for. A Joel 2.28 season. Afterwards, the Lord said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. He didn't say some people. He said all people, right? He said all people. Your sons and your daughters, they're going to prophesy. Your old men, they're going to dream dreams. Your young men, they're going to see visions. So when he says afterward, I will pour out my spirit, what's the afterward? It's after they had fasted. Go back and read Joel chapter. If you read the book of Joel, it's a great read. Joel chapter 1, they declare a holy fast. They gather the people together, and they begin to fast, and they pray. And the Lord speaks, and he speaks this. And we're living in this. This, What Joel prophesied about is the age of the Holy Spirit. When Peter preaches his first sermon, he doesn't know what to say, so he rips a good message from the prophet Joel. (laughs) like every good preacher he borrows somebody else's stuff so he rips from the prophet Joel Joel 2.28 and he says you guys this was prophesied about This, this is what the scriptures told us about that there's a season that's coming upon us and it's here now people are prophesying you're gonna a lot of you you're gonna get a prophetic word We believe for prophetic words in this church. Why? Because uh, Paul actually says when he's talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, go back and read Corinthians. When he's talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, he talks about the gift of prophecy as the one that you should seek most. Why? Because it builds up the church. It edifies. It encourages. And if the church is built up and you're feeling on fire for God, guess what? When you walk out there, you're a minister of the Lord. You're going to have an effective ministry. Ministry isn't something we do on a Sunday, on a platform, or on, a, on an instrument. No, no, no. Ministry is every day of my life. There's going to be a spiritual awakening. Some of you are here right now, and you're feeling it in your bones, man. There's a spiritual awakening in your heart. There's a spiritual awakening that's going, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm hungry for more. Yeah, I've seen some cool stuff, but Lord, I want more. Yeah, that's great, Lord. I've I've been coming to church, and you've delivered me, and I'm so grateful, and I'm thankful for that. But God, I believe that there's more. I think there's more that you have for me, God. Which goes back to what we began today with, right? Right? The three key areas, the, the, the key areas, the key objectives for the year. Thriving prayer life, sound doctrine foundation, great theology, great theology, and an activation in ministry. There's a stirring in our hearts and our spirit that says, I want more. I just want to ask you just to go ahead and close your eyes as we close today. And just ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me? 
What are you saying to me in this message? What area of my life where the foundation is a little off that you want to correct? What are you saying to me? Holy Spirit's just going to speak and minister throughout this time. He's putting things in your mind. He's bringing people to your mind to forgive. Forgive that person. Release them. You may say, I feel like I've forgiven them. Anytime that you feel that angst or hurt rise up in your heart when you think about that person, when that person comes to mind, that's where Satan tries to do his dirty work with bitterness and unforgiveness. And anytime that that puffs up, you just deflate it by just forgiving them and blessing them. So if you're dealing with some hurts today, wounds from people, maybe maybe even people in ministry or churches or pastors, release that today. Don't bring that with you into this year. Forgive them. Bless them. Get so busy, so focused on the pursuit of God and His plans for your life, for the future, that you don't even have time to reflect on the bad things in the past. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. I'm praying for a release of power in our church. I'm praying for a release of power in your life. I'm praying for a release of direction. I'm praying for a release of repentance. Praying for a release from bondage, a release of healing, a release of ministry, and the ministers. (laughs) Praying for a release of a spiritual awakening. I'll just stand as we close out this morning. If you're part of the prayer team, you can just join me up at the front. We always make time at the end of our services here at Authentic to have a time of prayer for anyone that needs it. Whatever you're going through, man, we want to agree with you. And so there's going to be people up front. We're going to dismiss in a second. But if you need prayer for anything going on in your life, you need wisdom, direction, healing, breakthrough, relationship stuff, financial stuff. It doesn't matter what it is. If it matters to you, if it's on your mind right now, don't walk out of here with it just rattling around in your mind and get in your car and drive away and go, man, I wish I would have went forward for prayer. No, we're going to have a time of prayer today. And if you're here and you haven't really made that commitment with Christ and you're saying, I need to make a fresh commitment. I I need, for my own self, I need to confess again, Jesus, you are Lord and Savior. If you need to do that, I just encourage you today. Pray that. Say that out loud from your heart. Ask him to come and fill your life again. Declare that he is Lord of your life. Tell others that Jesus is the Lord of your life. And don't just say it. Next weekend, come and be baptized. 
Water baptism is the hallmark of every believer. In the the day of Pentecost, where there was 3,000 added to the Christian church, this new church plant in the middle of Jerusalem, on that day, there was not one prayer prayed that we see, but there was 3,000 baptized that became on fire believers for Christ. So if you need to make a fresh commitment next weekend, you're going to be water baptized. You can register online. I'm going to close out in prayer, and then the prayer team is going to stay up front. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for laying a fresh foundation in our lives. God, we thank you for laying a foundation of doctrine and theology as it relates to fasting. And God, I pray that you would lead us, not just as we continue the fast, but this entire year and for the rest of our lives, that we would have a lifestyle of prayer. We would have a lifestyle of fasting. We would have a lifestyle of worship. We would have a lifestyle of consuming your word. We would have a lifestyle of being in your presence. We would have a lifestyle where we make it a priority to go to church every single week, that we do not forsake the gathering together of the saints, but we joyfully come into the house of the Lord. We lift our voices in the praise to you, God. And I pray your blessing upon your people today, God, for those that are going forth. God, I thank you that they're going forth in their mission field today. And I pray that this week would be filled with testimony after testimony of a release of greater ministry for the ministers of this house. In the name of Jesus, I pray a blessing upon the people of Authentic Church. And we thank you, God, today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.